Hey, this is Todd Burns from Red Bull Music Academy. Welcome to Couch Wisdom, our regular podcast presenting the best of RBMA's lecture archive. Josh Shaka's legendary dubs, spiritual message, and chest-rattling sound system have come to symbolize a deeper meaning in sound. Coming from Jamaica to London in the late 50s, Shaka's young life was embedded within the Black British immigrant experience. Families building their own sound systems and throwing house parties as a way to escape the racism and poverty that met so many of them on arrival. Having toured the world to spread his message of love, tolerance, and spirituality for over 40 years, the Shaka sound remains a truly special one. In this lecture at the 2014 Red Bull Music Academy in Tokyo with Benji B, Shaka talks about the deep message behind his music. If you want to learn more about the Academy, please stay tuned after the lecture. For now, enjoy this bit of couch wisdom. Please join me in welcoming the legendary Josh Shaka. It's a real buzz for me personally to be able to host this lecture today because the man sitting beside me has had a massive influence on me and so many people in the UK and around the world. Um, For people in the room that aren't familiar with yourself or what you do, um, could you introduce yourself, please, and um, describe what you do in Sound System? This is Joshaka, spiritual sound system, playing spiritual music from in the 60s in England where there was a lot of difficulty with um, people arriving from the Caribbean and um, the music was the thing that kept people together because when the people left Africa to go to Jamaica and the Caribbean all they could bring is their songs and their music they weren't able to bring Um, things with them on the slave ship. They were unable. All they had was their songs and memories of home. So over the years, the music has kept the people together. Uh, In the 50s and 60s in London, there were like house parties, parties in rooms, 50, 60 people. There were only what we call record players, but it kept the people together and um, let families know other families, which was very important at that time because the people were segregated. When the black people arrived in England in those days, the difficulty was even to get a room, to get somewhere to live was very difficult. So you had to be very skillful. The nurses came from the Caribbean and helped the UK system. Uh, The people working in the hospitals, nurses and people like that and doctors came from the Caribbean to help their families left in Jamaica and left in the Caribbean. That was the reason for people to come uh, to the UK and other countries was to better themselves and to make sure that the people left behind in the Caribbean, that's the only 
kind of insurance the families had in those countries were the people and their families that went abroad. Some people went to Canada, some people went to America and was able to have jobs. And um, so over the period of time, the music is the thing that all the people had because it was very difficult for them in the early days. Um, could you explain what the Windrush was? In the Windrush time, is one of the first ships that came to England with the first arrivals from Jamaica. And those, as I was just saying, those people had to be skillful because England wouldn't allow you to come there to just sit around. You had to have a skill or a gift, something to offer the country. So those people, when they came to London, it was to help the system of London. That's why they were able to come there because Jamaica did not receive independence until 1962. Uh, Jamaica was ruled by the British until 1962, where they were able to get their independence to separate themselves, therefore people could have Jamaican passports. So there was no Jamaican passport before 1962, or no Jamaican money. There was no Jamaican dollars. The money was English money, pounds, shillings, and pence. In the early days, that was the currency for Jamaica and for England. So. Um, it was very difficult after the Windrush time, and because of the Windrush, more people were able to come to London to send for their friends. So if their friends was living somewhere, they could write a letter to Jamaica saying, come to England and get a job, and able to help the families, and able to maybe get a property, which was very, very difficult. Because when we, in the Windrush time, and the black people go into London, on the doors of the houses and the gates of the houses, there were signs saying, no blacks, no Irish, and no dogs. These were the signs on the houses. So black people had it very difficult because you were rated like you were not a human being. So growing up, our parents and people that directed our lives would tell us, you have to work very hard to overcome such a system, such a regime. So you had to be very skillful. So the Windrush people, they worked hard that others could come. Mm. Yes, to England. And you're born in Jamaica, but what, what year did, which year did you arrive in London? Well, we came into England 1956. Right. And so you're school schoolboy age at that time? Well, uh, very young. Yeah. Yeah. And what were your first experiences like at, at school? Well, it was very difficult, as I'm explaining, for black people, because arriving in England at that time, very few black people. So the schools might be one or two other families or two other children, black all the rest of the school is white. So if they say, go back to your country, 
we don't want you here. Very, very difficult time. Very difficult. So the music is what kept the people together and the good memories of the past where people used to enjoy themselves without having money. Money was not the enjoyment. The enjoyment was to meet other people, for other people to get together. It was a joy. Yeah. When was the first time that you were uh, enchanted by a sound system? And when was the first time you were allowed to touch one? Well, I would speak, uh, I think, before that. I don't know about the schools in Japan, but the schools in England said, don't bring toys to school. No toys to school. But I got a gift of a mouth organ. So I had it in my pocket, and I used to take it out in the school, but it was forbidden. So the teacher said, you know that you're not supposed to have this, but can you play? And I said, yes, I can play. I said, stop the class. Everybody stop, he's going to play. So I had to play. And so that was my first um, idea that you could entertain people. Because at the ending of me playing, the crowd clapped. So, ah, so, the, so that will bring us to entertainment. So very early, there was a sound system now um, named Freddie Cloudburst in southeast London, which was very close to us, which at that time, no children or young person allowed to touch equipment. No, no. No touch, no touch. So because of that, and we're looking after equipment, polish, owner of equipment say, play records. So people said, I can play. But that crowd at that time were elder people. We were young, and we are playing to people 50, 60 years old. So we had to know what kind of record to play for older people, not young, old. So going through that training with Freddie Cloudburst, it served a purpose for us. And what kind of records did you have to play for them at that time? All kind of, um, yeah, well, uh, you got Nina Simone, you got Tamla Motown with Diana Ross, you got The Temptations. You got groups like this, The Drifters, and people like this in the early days of England because they didn't start to make Jamaican music yet at that time. So we were collecting music from America. And the people in Jamaica were listening songs from America. Only one station in Jamaica Rediffusion, so the people were listening music from America and get inspiration to do music in Jamaica. So at that time, only one radio station to listen to music. So people were glad that some people like Studio One, 
and other studios were able to make, provide equipment for singers and musicians to come and play. Hence, you have a school in Jamaica, the name is Alpha Boys School in Jamaica, where a lot of legendary musicians, they grew up in the Alpha Boys School, which that school was run by a lady named Sister Ignatius, which it was a Catholic school. But um, the Catholic people decided to let the children get instruments to learn to play music. So you have many great musicians what came up through Alpha, like Tommy McCook, Augustus Pablo, and many more people that grew up in Alpha Boys School in Jamaica. So listening to American music and English music inspired people to say, ah, my friend can make music. He's a good singer. So your friend will say, oh, you can sing, you're good. And you try to go to studio to put your feelings from the heart. So many songs at that time came from within a soul, within a heart, because it was very important time for our people. Can you talk to us about the concept of um, sound system, having a sound system, and a little bit about the hierarchy within the sound system of you know starting off as a box boy and then learning the equipment and making the equipment? Well, as I said, we came through Freddie Cloudburst sound system. And um, after that time, we decided as you to have a sound system for ourselves, which in that time, because of the difficulty of black people coming to London or coming to England, we had to have something to bring message to people to bring message to people. Therefore, many people at that time were in black power, which someone called Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Angela Davis, and other great people were sending messages for the people to be united around the world. So therefore, this transpired to come to London where Many people were feeling the pain of suffering, not good jobs, not being able to make money, very difficult. So these messages from these great leaders like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and such forth gave the people hope. And hope was very important because nothing else was there. So you had to only hope for the future and pray for the people, for the future. Very difficult time for our people. So because of this, in those days, because of the black power, the sound system was formed for a vehicle for the message, to bring message of peace, to bring people together. Um, you have great leaders, national heroes in Jamaica, I'm sure you have heard of Marcos Garvey, 
a great leader in Jamaica would also bring messages to the people. These people are very important. That's how they become national heroes, because what they stood for, what they believed in, and what they lived by. So therefore, these things had been handed down that some people will carry on the work. Like for instance, if I come next year, this person might be Minister of Trade. This person might be manager of company because when you practice something, eventually it will reach somewhere. So you set high targets that if you miss, you still are somewhere. You set high targets and if you don't hit center, you're still somewhere. So this is important. So many messages like from Martin Luther King and these people were sown amongst our people for some other person to take message on to further level. So the music helped to do that. In Poland, the Freedom Party, their messages were spread by reggae. In Poland, Freedom Party, messages to help freedom fighter, reggae music. When Bob Marley went to Zimbabwe for independence, reggae music. So it's very important messages. And also the music help vocabulary, words. People learn to speak English by listening to music. I've been in Ghana before. Someone I meet can sing All One Love by Bob Marley, but can't speak English. But they can sing that song, but can't speak English. When the song is finished, can't speak. So they learn to speak English around the world through the music. So it is important not just to dance, to listen to message. Message is very important to spread amongst the people. So I say again, we plant the seeds that it will grow because you have professors in England and around the world studying about music, what it does for people. Professor in university in England study about music, where it came from. During the studies of the professors that study about music, they want to find out origin of music. When they check all the records to find out, they go back to Africa with the drum. The drum. The Indians used to send smoke signal for message. Someone on a mountain could see message. In Africa, drum is used to send message. The drum speaks. So when the professors check everything, 
they find out the music and the beat from Africa very important. So the professor have said this, not just I, studies about culture, about where people come from. Give thanks. You're considered very much in the UK the sort of father of sound systems, certainly dub reggae sound systems, and have gone on to influence so many more. What was the moment where you found your particular... Um, where, what was the moment where you first started your own sound and decided to do that? And furthermore, how did you find your own musical direction? You know, because you've stayed very firmly true to the dub reggae sound all the way through the 70s, 80s, 90s to the present day. What was the moment that made you realize that that was the message that you wanted to spread? Well, from early childhood, um, I played as a musician, because we play instruments. From school, we are playing the drums, we are playing guitar, we are playing keyboards. And then you have a part of when our parents were in churches in England. So many churches had bands with choir, singing, band playing in the churches. Um, in fact, one of the churches in Southeast London was formed in my mother's house. So we had an early insight of the church. So we became very thoughtful about what God wants us to do. What difference can we make in the world today? So we decided at that time, through the, the movement of the Fasimbas movement in London, that this would be a way to spread a message to enlighten, to give people more knowledge. Because we still see that they say people have five senses. Five senses, they have said. But we think that there's two more senses, um, which will make seven. Telepathy, where you spread message from mind. Telepathy, and you have intuition. Intuition is my you can see far away. Intuition and telepathy will develop your mind. Like, for instance, some of the people here would have heard about Beethoven or Mozart or Bach or Tchaikovsky. These are early musicians who they write music, written music, Beethoven, they write music. But sometimes in Jamaica and in England, people don't write, they play from memory, from memory. So when the band is on the stage to play, you hear the drummer say, one, two, one, two, three, music. No sheet, no read, no read, no sheet. So memory training, very important. Practice, preparation, very important things.
Do you want to play us a record to any any record? All right, give thanks. Rastafari. I want to show a video um, of you at the Rocket in the UK, if that's okay with you. So the, the video that we just watched, what, what year is that, do you reckon? The one we just that's had on? That's about 71. 71? Yeah. And, and that's in the Rocket in Holloway Road, right? I believe, yes. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't get to come to the Rocket until the 90s, but I amazingly came to see you in the same venue, mm -hmm. you know, over 20 years later. And um, the same thing fascinates me as what fascinated me in that video. The first thing that happens is, you, you know, you have to get over the physical impact of going into the space and feeling the music, which is a physical experience. And then once you've acclimatized to that, I was just fascinated by the equipment. So right now I want to get technical and for you to start talking to us about what was the equipment that you built to put together that legendary sound system? Well, in the early days, we had ideas of earlier sounds coming like from Jamaica and sound systems coming from Jamaica to England and records coming. We had ideas and because of the topics of freedom of the people, we made certain design. So in the early days, if you had some equipment, it wouldn't be the same as this person equipment or that person equipment, because you had your preference to how you wanted to sound. So you had some expert builders uh, of amplifiers, because it wasn't bought in shops. These were built by uh, friends or companions or close people put you in touch with somebody that could build an amplifier. After the amplifier was built, you had to explain to the builder or engineer what you want to sound like. Do you want your bass here? Do you want your bass there? Do you want your treble here or here? Or do you want your mid-range here? You had to explain your preference. And um, that made the early days of sound system each sound system was unique. Nowadays, the sound systems, some amplifiers are bought in shops and it's not custom. So it's difficult for them to change the equipment. But in the early days, engineers were available, great engineers to make things that you could tell them, I want this. I want this, I want it to sound like this. So, um, as I explained before, practicing and testing over the years and collecting information and listening to sounds, different sounds, and being a musician, like I would explain now to many people that are in logic and um, computer making music, it's very important to know about true sound. When I say true sound, I mean a drum. What is the real sound of a drum? So you have to have the idea of what is a real drum. Although you are using a computer, you want it to sound real. So therefore, some people will sample real instruments into their computer.
real bass drum, real hi-hat, real guitar sample. So when you play, when you play your computer, you will get a more true sound. Because the computer is made with certain sounds in it. But to get true sound, you have to adjust. You have to adjust it to get a real sound. So therefore, there was an interview with Family Man, who is the bass man for the Whalers, which is a friend of mine also. And it's on the internet. They ask him, what information would you give to people coming into music now to tell the youth? What would you tell them? And Family Man, bass man from the Whalers said, tell them to study music from the 50s and 60s and study analog before digital. Study analog. Family Man says study analog to know about sound, to study about true sound, analog sound. Then when you go on to digital, you have more of an idea. You have more of an idea how to tune your computer for it to sound more real. Because not everybody can afford to go to a studio like Red Bull Studio. It would cost a lot of money in England for a musician to book the studio. So many people try to make music on their laptop or on their computers. They try to make music about this. So um, it's important to learn about analog as well as learning about computer. And when you link the two of them, good sound. And talking of making the most of what you have, you know, can you talk to us about the modifications that you used to make to your amplifiers? What kind of things would you do to make the most of the equipment that you had? Well, in the early days, um, the equipment was very small. So we depended more on frequency, not power. Frequencies. Frequency. We depended more on frequency, more than the power, because the power will only amplify your frequency. So therefore we try to get the frequency of the bass and of these things um, working properly. So again I speak about the professor, Cambridge University, London, study about music. So he go to many parties, many festivals with meter to check decibel decibel meter to study about sound. The professor's conclusion was that bass helped the human body, bowels, the bowels of the human body. Bass can help the bowels of the body. Not Shaka say, professor say. Shaka only repeat. Not Shaka say, Professor, bass is good for your system, your digestive system. Also, you have people in car crash, in hospital, can't speak, coma. They call it a coma. They bring iPod, 
cassette, put music in their ears, in hospital bed, they recover, regain senses. So music also is a therapy for people, the human body. There's elements of music which is like nature for the people. So these elements are very important as well to get these elements into your music when you are making your music that other people can feel, not just hear, feel, hear, heart, and feel the beat and then acknowledge what the music is about, what the music does for you. So those things are very important to us. Can you expand a bit on the difference between volume and frequency? Because I feel like that's an important part of the science of what you do, the difference between having loud bass and the right frequency of bass. Well, it's very difficult to explain. Um, some bass is very loud, so people are too loud. But some bass is earths. Earths means like rumbling, but you don't hear. It's very low frequency. Earths is very, very low frequency. So we try to play the low frequency, which some people think it's volume, but it's not volume, it's a frequency. So it would be hard to explain unless you have some equipment where we could show the people what we are talking about. But um, frequency is, whether it is mid-range or whether it's a treble, the frequency is different. So um, people need to study frequency. And with that in mind, do you find it difficult when you travel to play on sound systems that aren't your own sound system? Sometimes, but um, we try our best with what we have. <laughs> Sometimes. And but we give thanks because some people are only learning. Yeah, so after we leave, they learn a bit more. So next time it's a bit better, next time a bit better. We explain and advise. Obviously you're known very well as a DJ, but what was the moment that made you decide to start creating music as a musician yourself? Well, in the 80s there was a time when, time when the oil was not so prevalent like now, oil. So in Jamaica there was a period in the, in the 80s and 70s where no pressing in Jamaica, vinyl, was very scarce. People had to read, um, like, um, regenerate old stuff to make stuff. So there was a time, like one year, in fact, Bonnie Whaler made a record, Arab Isle Weapon, because of those times. There was no oil for other people. So we started to put trumpets, saxophone, onto old music to be something different at that time, to do different things, because for one year, no records from Jamaica. 
So you had to make your own records. Mm. Yeah. So that's the reason you started making your own music, to have something to play. Different than other sounds. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> sound system at that time was very competitive. Tell me about that competition. Tell me about the legendary Shaka on Coxon clashes. Well, um, you, you have all these um, sound systems and on the night everybody wants to come out on top of a certain gig. Everybody wants to be on top. So um, we didn't really enter as clashes really, but um, the people, when they want to take you on, you had to defend yourself with... Um, but all those sound systems know that Chaka comes with a message. All of those sound systems, they know that. Shaka is a message of Rastafari, a message of Jah, a message of goodwill, righteousness, trustworthy, dignity, integrity. They know what we stand for. So Shaka sound is built on a principle, not just equipment, principle. Mm. So they know about Shaka principle. And so some people don't try to clash because we have our principle and we have uh, many supporters what support us over the years because of the principles what we stand by, how we live. Yeah. It's really important to talk about that principle because it relates directly to you sticking to your guns with dub music through the 80s. Is it fair to say that, you know, at the end of the 70s, well, in the middle of the 80s, dub wasn't as popular when when sort of dancehall emerged and slang-tang emerged and sort of slackness sort of started to emerge in records and stuff. It's important for you to explain that turning point in the music's history and the music that was coming out of Jamaica and, and that decision that you made to stay true to your principles. Well, about 83, 84, I believe Yellow Man came to London to do a show. I believe it was in Edmonton, a place called Pickett's Lock. And it was a very big show. So um, people were thinking, Bob Marley is not here. Who will lead reggae? So people had this thinking in mind. So when Yellow Man came to England, and the roadblock, police diverting traffic, lot of excitement. They said, well, Yellow Man is great. So therefore, in Jamaica now, more DJs rise up. So when you had Sun Splash in Jamaica and this big show, DJ nights were bigger than singer night because mm. of the excitement and the thing around it. So during that period of time, we didn't play those records of that era because it was different than because it's good to have a topic that we don't have to divert from the topic. For the people in the room that haven't had the pleasure of hearing Shaka, and you will on Saturday, a crucial part of the experience obviously is the mad echo, obviously is the delay, obviously is the reverb and obviously is the mic, but a huge part of it is a siren that has almost become officially known as the Shaka siren. And uh, I thought maybe you could just explain how that came about, how that became such a significant signature of yours, working with the siren and the delay, 
and now there's even an iPad app that has the word Shaka on the siren. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Apple has used our name on a product <laughs> somehow. They, they didn't ask, right? No, they didn't okay. ask. Yeah. But um, they seem to have sampled, because no matter how many sirens have made, have been made, our, our one had a unique sound. So Apple used that one in their program um, on, their, on their apps. So. Um, over the years, it has been um, inspiring to know that other people have took note of what we were doing over the years and really carrying it on. Um, and are you feeding it like into delay and then another delay, or I mean, no, no, just straight into one delay. Right. Um, you, normally, we use a delay called H and H, but it's very difficult to get it because it runs on a, a tape loop. Mm -hmm. Not digital, it's an analog um, setup, um, so very difficult to get now. It's like antique H&H mm -hmm. &H echo chamber. Might be you can see it on the internet or things like that. So, And what else is in the stack? Tell us what's, what's in the Shaka stack. of. No, well, you've got the general, you know, um, the preamp. This is a basic preamp. But you also have bass frequencies which you can adapt, like some people call it like a parametrics. So we've got a, like a parametrics on the bass and a parametrics on the top. It's just simple, it's not so much things. Mm -hmm. But it's how you use it. And tell me about the science of how you set up the room. Well, um, how, do you, how, do you, how do you tune a room? When you go and sound check and you put the Shaka sound system Yeah, in well, there. like this place now, if you put some boxes there, in that corner, it's, there's an acoustic come according to the room. So if your speaker was there, you would play louder than putting it here. Because of the shape of the room and the roof, even sometimes, if you turn the speaker to the wall, you get more bass. Because it rebounds, rebound. So, over years of studying, when you go into a place like this, you assess where's the best place to put speaker that the people, everyone can hear. Because we don't play like some sound system play with a stack or two stack. We want surround sound. So it's surround, everybody can hear everything. So normally you have four? Four, normally four stacks. So wherever you're standing... Wherever you you're standing, you get the same sound. Because mm. if you are playing there now with your amplifier and all your boxes are here, you would turn up more to hear it. Mm. So, you know, that's not good to us. We need monitor to monitor the sound from there to here, to have an idea that all of them now will sound equal. Mm. So that's part of balance. Tell us about the selector tradition of always having the one turntable at eye level. Yeah, well, um, I always talk about this turntable in this way because um, that turntable, Garrard, is built during the wartime. So those turntables exist between 1945 and 1950. You're still using still using. We're still using Garrard. Yeah, so it's very old. So 
this is like antique now. It costs a lot of money on the internet to get a turntable like that. Because um, the, it's completely different. The arm is completely different from these. So you don't get that feedback to the arm. Because those turntables were built to play 78 records. Yeah, they're, they're built to play, so you've got speed. These turntables only have 33 and 45, mm -hmm. but the old garage is built for 78 records. So, therefore, um, you've got like Nina Simone, My Baby Don't Cares For Me, and all those things on that. Those things, Good Night, My Love, Pleasant Dreams, is, was on originally 78 records. So the early sounds in England, used to have to have Garrard as they couldn't play. There were no records yet from Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. But we found out about when you link it up with the equipment, it gives less feedback than any turntable in the world. Oh, really? Yeah, less feedback. You can put it on the floor and play it. So you don't need to isolate it from the... So much, no, like other turntables. So that's the reason why we still use it. And, yeah. the, and the syndrome? The yeah, well, that's uh, very important because um, um, other people have taken it like the siren, but we actually play it. So that was another iconic thing that people um, saw with us. So we try to develop new things and people see, and um, we test lots of things. What we haven't even used yet, but we, we test things to know, is, does it sound good? Test, test, mm. test. Lots of different things we test to get right sound. And with the vintage and with that more archive old school equipment, are you still using that because it's what you know? Or are you only using it because you haven't heard anything that sounds as no, good? No, well, if we even make new amplifiers now, it has to be on a par with the old ones. Because yeah. the preamp is built to deliver a certain punch, so we can use the valve amplifiers, build a transistor amplifier to be able to sound like it because you've got an idea what type of sound you want to get. So therefore we can put things in the amplifier on the driving stage to give it a definite sound. So when you turn up, that's the sound you will get and don't change. There's a set frequency which once we've got it, we leave, we don't keep turning, turning. Mm. We leave that frequency there. And the treble frequency and mid-range frequency the same. So actually you can play any record like that. Sometimes you might need a little more treble or a little more bass according to the record. Um, some records are made on reissued vinyl. So sometimes the quality is not excellent so you have to have a good preamp. In the early days, people didn't play Studio One records unless you had a good sound. Because the sound on it, you had to, the vinyl was crackling on the record. So to get that out, the Garrard um, needle used on the Garrard was already equalization in the needle because of playing 78 record to get that at that speed, it was the garage turntable was the best to play Studio One and these early pressings. 
which were not um, of high quality. And when you're isolating, when you're actually playing and you're isolating the bass, and the, is that an isolator that you've made yourself? No, that's a crossover that's built in the preamp. Right. Okay. First, yeah, we build that in to the system. Right, right, right. Yeah, so when other people went to the builder, they said, oh, we want a preamp like Shaka's one. So, <laughs> yeah, when, yeah. And with that in mind, which, are there any selectors or sounds, young sounds that you, that you think are... Well, you have a new generation of sounds which play with, like, my son, and mm. they, they play in England, like, Iration, and you have... Um, Earthquake, another sound system which is in that kind of genre, that kind of era. But a lot of the old sound system doesn't really exist again. Mm. A lot of the old one from the 60s. Um, uh, you, had, you had Duke Reed, you had Coxon, you have Count Shelley, um, you have Sir Fanso, you have Fatman. You have Quaker City from Birmingham. A lot of good sounds which helped their community at that time. Because as I was saying, the music was important to keep people together. So you had a lot of um, sound system what played for their people. So if they were playing at the dance with you, they could have their fans and your fans would meet and sometime and sometimes friendly, depends, you know, between sound men. Because the sound people have control. If they don't make noise on the microphone to each other, the people will be all right if they are not against each other. So if um, we should go in a dance and I say, one love to the next sound, and the sound said one love back, it would be like a peaceful um, affair and you are able to put over a message clearly. Because when you have um, no preacher has ever been preaching in the church to give a sermon and be interrupted. So sometimes if you know a lot of sound is making noise, we don't really play with sound system because we, we want the message to be very clear about, you know, so you don't want um, too much diversion. Because you know some of the sound system are playing um, different type of music. And because we have got our topic from a long time, that's, um, we continue that road. Ja has inspired us and he gave us this gift. And we are honored to be able to play um, a role in the development of reggae. And the development of a generation of people around the world. We are honored to be able you mentioned community. A lot of your um, dances would happen in community centres where often alcohol is not served, which means that there's not so much restriction on the licence, which means that often when you leave, it's the, the buses are running again and the tubes are running again and it's the next day. All night. Yeah. All night. So how, how long as a DJ, how long as a selector, you know, would you play for on average on a Jar Shaka dance? Sometimes eight, nine hours, sometimes. Mm. Sometimes 12. Mm. Depends. Sometimes you have festivals, uh, big affairs where the people want us to play. For. So the promoter might try to say, can you finish 
But the people say, no, 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 yeah. we want more, we want more. So we play for the people. Mm. <laughs> so. I remember it was always sort of a known thing that you had to wait to th about three o'clock was the time where Shaka would open the dub plate box. Yeah, well, dub plate box stays closed until about three or yeah, four in the morning. You always had, and that's people talk about this because we promote most of the labels that come out in the world that makes music, which is our topic about God, about His Majesty, about truth and rights. We promote all these labels around the world. We do promotion for labels, not just Shaka music. We promote all these other labels. It's a big list of labels that make roots music what fit our topic. Mm -hmm. The things I'm saying, there's music that is made. So sometimes I look at it to say, the people have helped my subject by making this music. Because I can get them and put them into my sermon or my message, what I'm putting over. So um, that's a part of it that the young youths get promotion. Because when we started Sound System, you must know that there was no radio station. Reggae was not being promoted on the radio like now. At that time, the only promotion you had was sound system and parties. So um, that was the only way people would know the records like from Jamaica. We have had many good friends over the years. Some are not with us now, like Greg Isaac, a good friend of mine, and we, you know, we are in Jamaica together, we're in London together. There's John Holt, a good friend of mine. A lot of people have played um, a big part in reggae, Sugar Minot. People like this have played, you know, a big part. So we hope that the companies that sell reggae sometime will look back and look at these artists and able to help their families because they've made big impact on record company, whether Island Records, CBS, EMI, all these labels, Virgin, a big impact was made by these artists in the early days to build these companies to what they are. So we pray that at some time, the companies will be able to put something back, like Red Bull is doing now, because I've asked you about it. You said you're leaving the studio here for the students in the academy which is very good that you have left something for them to continue and practice. So we give thanks that Red Bull was able to set up this academy in Japan. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's time. To, I'm sorry that we've run out of time, but um, I'm sure you will join me in saying that that was amazing and um, to give thanks to the mighty Jashaka. Thank you. I'd just like to say something. I don't know if any students are here, students of university or college. Two subjects are very important, otherwise than music. There's two important subjects, geography and history. 
is very important because you can trace. You can trace time. You can find out where it happened, when it happened, how it happened, and who did it. We can find out these things by studying history and geography to find out where the countries are. Like when they say Christ came from Bethlehem, do you know where Bethlehem is on the map? So there are things to find out in geography. Do we know where the Nile began? The River Nile that people used to use as a road to transport ships to bring to other countries. Abyssinia, the place that it was called before it is called Africa. The place we can now call Africa, that shape, was Abyssinia before, the history. So when you study about these things, that is why now you have students that study in the universities, they are finding out the truth. Nowadays you have the internet and all these things where people can communicate and find out things. But it's how you use what you have found out because everyone has got a talent and a skill. So the students going to college, it will be very important for the future of this country and the future of the world. We don't know what country the next great leader will come from. I'm sure you heard about Marcos Garvey and these people. Gandhi used to be in contact with Marcos Garvey. Elijah Muhammad, which the Muslims speak of, was in contact with Marcos Garvey. Because Marcos Garvey philosophy spread amongst many nations. So there's a philosophy that when people stick to those principles, other people will see and it can carry on from generation to generation. Because what I'm speaking about is thousands and thousands and thousands of years of history to come to this stage today. It's thousands of years of history. So it's very important that the students keep up the good work in the school and tell the children the same thing because they eventually will take up our jobs. One love, Rastafari. Hey, this is Todd Burns again. Thanks for listening to Couch Wisdom. Before you go, I just wanted to take a moment to tell you a bit about the Red Bull Music Academy. The whole thing is a world-traveling series of music workshops and festivals. Almost every year since 1998, we have done the main Academy event in one city. The lecture you just heard, for instance, was from the Academy in Tokyo. But we do events around the world throughout the year. In fact, we may just be doing an event near you pretty soon. If you want to find out more, check us out at redbullmusicacademy.com. Also, if you liked what you heard on this podcast and you're not already subscribed, please go for it and consider rating us while you're at it. It really does help other people discover the podcast. Thanks for listening.